simple compassion. Compassion that's lost when we look at the suffering cost of sin. S I N. Very interesting. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And welcome to Bible Discovery. As we discover the Word of God, we are going to read from Lamentations. This is also written by Jeremiah. It is a fascinating read, a short book, uh, but it is really something as we look at this. So join us and stay there for five minutes. We'll talk about it. Corey and Ryan are coming up in 20 minutes. Corey? Well, today I'm going to be focusing in on the Old Testament city of Ramah and how it relates to the scripture. Ryan? Today, my segment is all about the author of Lamentations, Jeremiah, known endearingly as the Weeping Prophet. Yeah, the Weeping Prophet. It's very interesting. Okay. So, Janice, what are you doing? Today, deep sorrow. All right. Janice is coming up in 25 minutes. Open up your Bible guide. Let's look at the book of God and listen. Lamentations 1, 1 through 9. How lonely sits the city that was full of people! How like a widow is she who was great among the nations! The princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity, under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. The roads to Zion mourn, because no one comes to the set feasts. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. And from the daughter of Zion... All her splendor has departed. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture, that flee without strength before the pursuer. In the days of her affliction and roaming, Jerusalem remembers all her pleasant things that she had in the days of old, when her people fell into the hand of the enemy with no one to help her. The adversaries saw her and mocked. At her downfall. Jerusalem has sinned gravely, therefore she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy is exalted. Lamentations chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. 
Lamentations 1, 2, and 3. What a name for a book. It's really interesting. You know, the book of Lamentations showcases hard questions that can surface during times of pain. Lamentations is written by Jeremiah. And these words act as a funeral dirge for a once proud city of Jerusalem that had been overthrown and reduced to ruins by Babylon. While this is a book about pain, it's also a book about hope in God. I mean, in the midst and the death of destruction of Jeremiah, he turns towards God. God has never failed Jeremiah and had promised to remain faithful in the future. I mean, Jeremiah rests on this fact, even in his anguish. The prophet's heart cry of hope rings loud and true. Listen, quote, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because of his compassions that fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. And this is a book that you don't hear sermons on. You know, you hear sermons on a lot of different places. But this book is amazing. And I love as we hope in times of pain. Lamentations 1, 1 through 9. And if you don't have a Bible guide, I suggest that you write or call us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And when you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, click on the page. It'll take you to a donate spot. Thank you for your donations. We very much appreciate them. Anyway, uh, and then it takes you to a place where you can download the Bible guide as we printed it. Very good. Now, in times of pain, hope. What are you talking about? Pain is pain. I don't want any pain in my life. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would show us the truth about how you are in with us in times of pain, how you have been through times of unbelievable pain. And Father, you understand and you've been there and you know and you get it. So we come to you and ask you to be Lord of our life. So help us to hear this today. In Jesus' name, as we study an infrequent book to study, and that is Lamentations. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, amen and amen. Now, this is, this is a really interesting book, okay? Uh, let's open up with the first verse in Lamentations 1, okay? How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she who is great among the nations and the princes among the provinces have become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night and her tears are on her cheeks among all of her lovers. She has none, none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They've become her enemies Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. Wow, that's intense. Judah has become a slave because of sin, S-I-N. When we resist God's ways, 
We are worse off as people. We are not better. We're worse off. We're not better. The best place for me to be is in the place of God's will. Why would I say that? It's not my will that's important, but it's God's will because my will, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But God's will is different. God, I trust in the Lord because the Lord for over 40 years has helped me to live my life in a way. And I've tried, I've made some mistakes and I've over and over again, I've asked the Lord to forgive me and he has, but slowly he's guided my life in the right paths. And I'm much happier because of it. You too can be happy and be understanding of who God is. If you allow the Lord to direct you and take your life one step further. Let's go on and read this because it gets interesting. Lamentations 1 verse 4. Here's what it says. The roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to set feast. All of her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted. She is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper. The Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. And from the daughter of Zion, all of her splendor has departed. Her princes have, have become like deer that find no pasture, that flee without strength before the pursuer. In the days of her affliction and roaming, Jerusalem remembers all of her pleasant things that she had in the days of old when her people fell into the hands of the enemy with no one to help her. The adversaries saw her and mocked her at her downfall. Wow. God took the home of his people away because of their trespasses. We should pay attention to how we live because we will bear the consequences of how we live. It's important to understand there are consequences to our decisions. Yes, we're adults. We can make any decisions we want. God gave us a free will, but there are consequences to those decisions. There's results and those decisions are not simply ours because our consequences affect the people around us. This is what they're saying. And this is what the scripture is telling us. God is speaking to us. Jeremiah 1, verse 8 and 9. Jerusalem has sinned gravely, therefore she has become vile. All who honor her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. Oh, Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy is exalted. Boy, I'll tell you, Jerusalem lost her reputation through sin. S-I-N, sin. Sin always destroys who we are and the respect that we have. Sin is never a good idea. Sin is a horrible idea. Now we might, it might be fun for a time. It might be good to do what we want when we want to do it. But there comes a time when it's over. And God promised for those who love him and those who've decided not to sin. He said, I'm going to give you your best life, not now, 
but your best life is still to come. That's something to keep in mind. It's not about having everything we want now. It's about serving God now, bringing his word to the people, bringing his provision, his healing power to individuals so they can experience the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. That's important. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. Welcome back to the program. Today we begin one of the most heartbreaking books of the entire Bible, and that is Lamentations. And to help get us started, I wanted to do a profile on the human author of the book, who of course is Jeremiah. And you know, his message was extremely unpopular with the religious and governmental institutions of his day. And because of this, he was mocked, ridiculed, and persecuted. It's no wonder that he's known famously and tragically as the Weeping Prophet. Check it out. Known famously as the Weeping Prophet, Jeremiah stands out as one of the most unique persons of the entire Bible. A son of Hilkiah, a priest of Anathoth, Jeremiah receives his call from God when he is very young, perhaps no more than 13 years of age. In fact, Jeremiah was the only prophet ever instructed by God not to pray for his own nation. God informs the boy that he will be the prophet of Judah's midnight hour, proclaiming the destruction and end of the Jewish nation. Such a task would be anything but easy. Delivering this message would officially make Jeremiah the most despised and persecuted Old Testament prophet. Worse still, although Jeremiah's ministry commenced during the reign of King Josiah, the subsequent four kings were anything but godly. Indeed, in Jerusalem's final hours, Jeremiah advises Zedekiah, the very last king of Judah, to surrender himself to the Babylonians, since God was employing Babylon as his tool of judgment. Jeremiah makes reference to Babylon as God's instrument of judgment over 160 times, more than the rest of scripture combined. He also prophesied that the Babylonian captivity would only last 70 years. However, for this, the prophet is branded a traitor and imprisoned. When the Babylonians do invade, King Zedekiah foolishly ignores Jeremiah's godly advice and attempts to escape. After he is captured 20 miles out of Jerusalem, he is forced to watch the death of his sons, then blinded and carried off to Babylon, never to return. As for Jeremiah, no other Old Testament prophet of God probably suffered as much as he did during his 40 years of ministry. He often found himself standing alone and opposed by people, false prophets, princes, and priests. He was mocked, whipped, accused, threatened, despised, hated, rejected, imprisoned, and cast into a pit. Later, the Babylonians freed him, apparently because they learned he had advised the leaders to surrender. It may have been during this lonely time in his decimated homeland that he wrote the Book of Lamentations, traditionally attributed to him. Known as the saddest book in the Bible, it's an eyewitness report of the siege and fall of Jerusalem, followed by the grief of a people with no nation. 
Interestingly, Jeremiah is the only prophet to give us an eyewitness account of Jerusalem's destruction, and records more about his own personal life than any other prophet. No wonder he is well remembered as the weeping prophet. Now, just to finish up the story, after the destruction of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, the few remaining Jews of the land wanted to escape to Egypt. But Jeremiah warned them that if they did that, that they would die. Well, ironically, the Jews had originally escaped from Egypt to start their nation, and now they were escaping to Egypt after the death of their nation. Apparently, they also forced Jeremiah to go with them, and he was never heard from again. We don't know what happened to Jeremiah. He's just gone, gets to Egypt, and he just fades out of time. What an interesting idea. And uh, yeah. Jeremiah was a great prophet. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see him in heaven and we can ask him all about it. Yeah, we, we don't know. <laughs> like, we don't know. I mean, you know, they might, in Egypt, they might find an ancient tomb that says Jeremiah. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I doubt they would we'll have buried him that, that way. Segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, guys. <laughs> Do a segment no on that, pressure. Corey. No pressure. <laughs> all right, very good. Corey. All right. Well, today I want to talk about the city of Rama because as we're reading through Lamentations, which is, of course, a, you know, weeping and, and lament over the fallen city of Jerusalem and the country of Judah, there is another city that's associated with the weeping and mourning of the people of Judah, and that is the city of Rama. So back in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15, Jer this is before the destruction, Jeremiah prophesies this. He says, this is what the Lord said. A voice is heard in Rama, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And then when we jump forward to after the destruction of Jerusalem in Jeremiah 40, verse one, we find out that Jeremiah had been being held captive in the city of Ramah as a, a Judean exile. Uh, it says, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebzuradan, commander of the Imperial Guard, had released him at Ramah. So Jeremiah gets released from the city of Ramah. Let's take a look at this very city. Five miles north of Jerusalem lies the ancient city of Ramah, which was a part of the territory of Benjamin. Rama enjoys a role in several key biblical narratives, perhaps because of its relatively central location in Israel. From the area of Rama, the famous prophet and biblical judge Deborah successfully led Israel through times of warfare. The final judge of this time period, Samuel, was also originally from Rama, and once grown, made his home and an altar to God there. Due to Rama being the home of Samuel, many believe that this was where young Saul was anointed the first king of Israel. In the narrative of Saul being anointed, the city is not actually named, but it is mentioned that Saul was in the region of Benjamin, that Samuel was living in the city where Saul went, and that there was a high place or an altar there used to worship God. After the time period of the United Monarchy of Israel, the kingdom split into two and Ramah, located near to the new border, would periodically switch between Israelite and Judean control. 1 Kings 15 tells us that at least once during Israel's history, Ramah was used as a declaration of war by Israel against Judah. The king of Israel began to fortify the city with the goal of being able to control entry and exit and thus economic trade into both countries. 
A few generations later, Ramah would again be used during a time of warfare, but this time, after northern Israel had ceased to exist as a kingdom. Judah had unsuccessfully faced a Babylonian invasion, Jerusalem had fallen, and Judah's citizens were being deported into exile. The prophet Jeremiah records that Ramah was used as a type of sorting center or holding place for Judean exiles on their way to Babylon. It was at Ramah that Jeremiah was released from his chains and allowed to stay in Judah, leaving behind the many of his kinsmen who had refused to listen to God. This very scenario had been foretold to Jeremiah in the form of a lament of God. A voice was heard in Ramah, a lament with bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So there we go. Always very interesting to take a look at places that are uh, that played a pivotal role in historical events of the Bible. I remember when I first went to Israel and back in 1991, uh, Jim Canelon and myself, we went to the city of Ramah and uh, the ancient city. There's not much there anymore. And uh, it's it's outside where you can sort of see things. And he said, I want you to take an hour, read these passages and just sit there because you're going to be in the same place where a lot of people were. Uh, you know, Samuel, you're going to be in the same place where <laughs> Jeremiah, you're going to be in the same place. And I didn't realize it at the time. And I read the Bible there and I was like, wow, this is intense. I just was in the same space. It was mm -hmm. amazing. Anyway, mm. um, I'm losing myself here. I better get back. To it's it. easy for us to forget though, that the people that we read about are real people. They are. They're, mm -hmm. This they is are. real circumstances. This are historical records. This is the the truth, the good and the bad mm. about humanity. But it, it's it, and it it makes it so much more special if you can go to Jerusalem. You can go over to the Holy Land and and go to these places and do what Jim suggested that you do. I think that's. I think that's wonderful. It was really, really interesting, and, and I'll never forget it. Fascinating. It puts it more into a human context for you. Yeah. When you can, when yeah. you can sit there and realize, you know, Jeremiah forty one b says he had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the captives from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried into exile to Babylon. So you imagine people bound in chains, their loved ones, many of them dead, everything that they know gone. And they're going into exile to they're not sure what. It brings right. lamentations. It brings all these things into a different perspective. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted to talk about. And, mm -hmm. and it can be a, more of an open discussion than just Janice focusing on it. But that's why I call it deep sorrow. I didn't mm -hmm. know what else to say, literally, because we're looking at the broken heart, the deep mm -hmm. anguish in Jeremiah, who has had to all along the way deliver these messages that just carried so much weight and so much hurt and mm -hmm. so much anguish in the truth of what he was saying. And then to be able to see this and understand what was happening, it, it was deep, deep, deep sorrow. And, uh, and, and trying to put it into a, a context of who we are today as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we have, no matter what we see going on in the world, we know where our future is. We know who our hope is. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, who has come to forgive us of our sins, who, who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And, and when we receive that, 
he gives us eternal life. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hope for the future that no matter what happens here, and number one, he promises to never leave us, that he will be with us uh, till the end of the age, that we will be with us. So we have this hope. So looking at what is going on in our world around us, that we see that so many people need the Lord, there needs to be a deep sorrow within our own souls, within our own hearts, that drives us to that compassion, that drives us to, you know, wanting the salvation, wanting people to come to know about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Because we might think that people know who the Lord is, but there's a lot of people who don't. I remember a story, and I've told it on the program before, my my good friend Lori, and she was teaching art classes in her home. And she had a student, and we live in Ontario. She had a, a young a young fellow coming. I think he was probably anywhere from maybe 10 to 12 years old. Um, and he was coming for an art lesson with other kids. And it was around Easter. And her husband, Brian, had put out a white cross on their front yard. And when the boy came in, Lori said, oh, hi, how are you doing today? Come on in. You know, we're getting ready to start our art class. And he said, he said, Mrs. Lori, you ha- why do you have a plus sign on your lawn? And she said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you have a plus sign on your lawn. It, it, it's, it's there. It wasn't here last week when I came. What, what do you have a plus sign on your lawn for? What does that mean? And she, she couldn't, she didn't know what he was talking about. So she goes, show me. So he, he said there and he pointed to the cross and Lori said, well, it's the cross. And he said, the cross. And she said, well, it's for Easter. And he said, for Easter. And both of them realized that neither of them knew what they were talking about. She saw it as the cross of Jesus Christ. This young boy saw it as a plus sign. He had no idea what it meant. And over those next few minutes before their art lesson, Lori was able to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, talk about what Christ had done and the love that God has shown. This is what we need to keep in mind as we live in this world today. Remember that if you like podcasts, well, this program is a podcast and it goes out every day to people. On Spotify, you can subscribe to it and Bible Discovery TV is where you want to look. And we're right there, man. So get us on Spotify. That's one of the places you can get our podcast. Father, we pray today, help us not to ignore you. Help us not to ignore your word. Teach us to read it today and help us to do so in Jesus' name. Amen.